0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another great episode of Rugby Swag. My name is Gip Gip Time Baylu, and this is the show where we talk about all things rugby from the opportunities that are provided and the people that have taken advantage of them to the news that changes the way that you get to see, watch, or experience the game itself. be swag show y'all we have a great episode today and of course i always have to tell you head out that if you do enjoy it please 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 like and subscribe on youtube definitely follow us on our audio platforms but most importantly if you can leave a comment or a review and let us know how you feel because i really 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 enjoy being able to hear and talk to the rest of you and finding out what you think because you guys think amazingly so thank, thank you so, so much for all that you guys do of course, if you're just listening to it on the audio platform, absolutely check us out at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, uh, Google Play, and any major audio platform that you guys listen to will probably be on there. And, of course, if you guys are not just doing that, please go ahead and check us out over on our social medias, Rugby Swag Show, um, on Instagram, uh, at Gift Time Rugby on Facebook, TikTok, uh, and Twitch. And then of course at Gift Time, Gift A Bailu, G-I-F-T-E-G-B-E-L-U on X. And so you guys absolutely join the conversation. Enjoy what we put through. And of course, want to be able to know that you are just beloved. I like you. I like you. You know. Today, it's a bit of a rainy day, but it is not a rainy day for the conversation that we're about to have with our special guest for today. The man is coming out from great American rugby. You guys have probably heard about him, of course. And I'm mean, looking going to to do more, but we got Lance Cavanaugh on the podcast. He has been absolutely killing it in the media game, and I want to say that this was worth it. Now, you guys are probably looking at the time length. It's okay. It's okay. It's worth the listen, definitely to listen to the history and really getting the fullness of what it takes to get from point A to point B uh when it comes in this rugby game and the many pathways that we do. So sit back, enjoy. If you got a good car long car ride, go hit it. If you got time while you're in the office, go check it out. If you're in class and you're trying to study, definitely go take a listen. You got time, it's gonna be worth it. Um, and I absolutely Absolutely enjoyed this conversation thoroughly. Uh, again, told you we're gonna keep trying to get these convos in, trying to make these things work more and more. And this was one of them. So thank you so much for being able to listen. Thank you so much for taking the time. And uh, of course, I am looking forward to seeing what you guys feel on it. So without further ado, uh, definitely check out our ho- our obviously our our main sponsor health-enhanced foods, Um, definitely check them out. Absolutely 20% off our product, Rugby Swag. And this is for anybody who is looking to be able to eat their breads better, because I know, especially in rugby, we need to make sure our carbs are up, because that's energy. But more importantly, we want to make sure we're eating the right carbs, because this bleached out meat they're providing us in our breads is terrible for us and hurts our production. And from a standpoint, from attention, from your focus, you need the best uh grains and the best uh products to be able to put into your bread. Health Enhanced Food is there for it. So check this out. We're going to be right back with Lance Cavanaugh. I'm going to let you get back to the show in a moment. But I want to talk to you about our sponsors, Health Enhanced Foods, the best specialty flours in the business. What does that mean for you? That is the flours that allow you to be able to get the nutritious need from your bread make That's muffins, bread, croissants, whatever, pancakes and muffins. It will give you the opportunity to be able to get the best while still being able to eat like you wanted to. We have various amounts of products available for those who have special dietary needs to those who are looking for a special health outcome. And of course, because they're part of the Rugby Swag Show, we want to let you know that you got a chance to go to healthenhancedfoods.com and use code rugby swag to be able to get 20 percent off your first order y'all this is something that you're going to need you got to build up have your energy at the best be the maximum it's 2024 let's do the best but now i want you guys to get into it let's get back to the show What's up, everybody? Welcome to another great episode of Rugby Swag. Y'all, we got a special guest for you today. This man is a four-time national champion. This man is a rugby league uh, champion. This man has one of the hottest media platforms in rugby today. He is the commentator of not just the black people not just the florida people but my brothers he is there for the club rugby people doing it for it i got lance cavanaugh of great american rugby lance man thank you so much for coming on to the show today
1: i appreciate that introduction i wasn't expecting okay all right let's do this let's do this yeah i did all of that let's go Let's
0: go. (laughs) let's go Let's do this, bro. Lance, I uh thank you so much for coming on to the show. Look, I we were talking a little bit before, but because it's on the screen now, I have to say I've been a fan, especially since 2017, whenever you started really picking up on uh social media, I think heavily. I think we really kicked off 2020. I think the um the BIPOC group really started to be popping around from there. But I'd seen your stuff beforehand, uh just randomly because black rugby players in the U S. Yeah, and so, you know uh, what you've been able to do as of recently, especially as a person who's been in rugby media, I am so appreciative and I am so elated by what you've done. You've brought the energy that I've always believed that people need to be able to feel. You have brought the, the swag to rugby in a fl- fly manner. And, You've managed to represent Florida in a way that uh, we we go, all right, maybe that's not just Florida man over there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm an import, though. I'm an import to Florida. I
0: know. That's what makes it incredible. That's what makes it wild. But you know what? That being said, look, like, you've been able to create, like, this realm where I think you've now brought, especially with club rugby, and brought more people who definitely would not have been seen by other media's sites now bringing their voice up and i think that is a huge significant um element to creating the story of american rugby so much kudos much flowers over to you on on all of that bro
1: i appreciate it man it's, it's important the thing the thing is is one of those uh what i was missing when i was playing kind of things right so imagine being at a place like old blue right and if you think of old blue when i was there we're talking about multi-eagles Players from all over the world, guys mm-hmm. that are showing up now that you get to see, like, you know, I was teammates with like Nate, and he was like MLR back of the year. And he, he you know what I mean? Or or, you know, you think of like roots, and I'm I'm teammates with KG. And you know, that's yeah. when I meet his wife and I meet them and I meet the whole culture and community. And yeah. it's like at the time that I was at Old Blue, just specifically Old Blue, it wasn't anybody really like talking about who these people were. And as Mm -hmm. I get away from the game, you've done playing. Like, what do you do? What's your input? How do you add to what rugby is? You know, if I'm not on the field giving blood, sweat and tears, I might as well be on the sideline giving love and cheers. So that kind of came one of those things where I'm just happy to talk about the people that show me love and show the game love, really.
0: Nah, that's real. And, you know, honestly, it it is one of those things where that story gets so lost. And, And I remember even for me, Uh, whenever I started doing it for what technically 2013 was when I I started kicking off doing rugby media, the Louisiana and the South was the area where I was like, bro, there's nobody doing, having a voice for it. At the time you had rugby mag and it was literally New York, the Midwest and California area, the West coast. Mm -hmm. And nobody looked at the Southeast outside of life university. So it was like, okay, how do we at least be able to bring this up? Because how do we have talent for football? But you're not gonna say that there's nothing to watch in rugby over here, like y'all tripping. Y'all and, and are tripping.
1: Especially like the South, especially at that time. I mean, we talking about think of like you remember they used to have the all-star teams, they brought them back, NCR brought them back, but they used to have like yep. the Midwest Thunderbirds and all these. The South team was like the most dangerous team. Yep. And it was Deep South
0: of- All not, not Deep South All-Stars. It was uh uh Panthers. The
1: These teams were—they were dangerous, and you and and I didn't know much about the South until I moved down there. So I'm part of that Midwestern group that's kind of isolated. Good enough to really make an impact. Good enough to be like, all right, this good rugby there, but nobody really showcasing or showing what's really going on. And even back then, 20—I mean, I was trying to start something to this effect around 2010. You know, Mm -hmm. things got in the way of it, but to be able to now be able to reach people in Cali and Florida and up north and in the South and. You know, I, I, it's beautiful. It's beautiful how everything just kind of evolves and plays itself out.
0: Man, that's legit. Well, look, I always say, you know, I, I, every superhero has their origin story. And uh, for you, and I hope you're ready for this, my brother, but um, my Lance, man, how did you get started in rugby?
1: How did I get started in rugby? Well, I guess it would go back to football. Uh, play football in high school, and um, when it was over, you know, I love football. Like I love like the action football, you know, you can miss me with, you know, or, you know, NFL, XFL, college or whatever, just like the sport, the action of football. Yeah. I love football. Right. So I graduate, no prospects of playing in college, you know, unless I go D3 or something like that. Um, only had one year of tape really to really show what I can do. So at that point, football is pretty much over. Right but I still love it. I'm still trying to figure out a way to make it happen. I was contemplating semi-pro and all kind of stuff. And I end up um, going to Chicago. Yeah, this whole origin story of rugby started in Chicago, right? I go to Chicago with a friendly friend, shout out to Sharita. And uh, I'm in a house by myself. And, you know, at this time, 2007, you know, home internet happens. People got home internet, but it's not so upwardly abundant like it is now. And I'm on the internet and I'm in this empty house, uh, you know, in a different state than I live. And I'm just basically looking at football highlights. I'm just trying to watch some football highlights. Barry Sanders, you know, the kind of things I love to watch. Ed Reed, all these players. You know, Whoa, same. Right? Same. <laughs> right? I'm, I'm basically watching all these players I admire. And in this highlight, they snuck in a rugby highlight. Now, I knew what rugby was because it used to come on like Fox Sport 2 when I was like super young, like 11, 12 and you know back then it was like a grueling style of rugby so it didn't it didn't really appeal to me in the same sense right it right. showed some some hits showed some people playing i started looking at jerseys like okay who's the all blacks who are the all blacks i have no i type in all blacks rugby you get new zealand and i end up coming across joe rakafoku highlights now this is when he was like at the peak of his powers or you know just getting out of being super deep in a in a world cup rotation he was like the man on his way out kind of thing. And I, I was like infatuated with Joe Roccofoku. I don't know how I even said his name right then <laughs> or right now, <laughs> but you know, that that was another part of it too, this, this different culture, right? There's people on the other side of the world are playing a game that they've been playing their whole life. And I, I've only seen it in, in two, you know, 30 second clips of my entire life. I'm watching rugby highlights for like hours after this. I end up, you know, just realizing like, well, maybe they got it in America. You know, rugby in America, I find out it's a bunch of clubs. I put in my hometown, Toledo, Ohio. Toledo, Toledo, Ohio rugby. Toledo Celtics popped up. I think I was watching those highlights on a Thursday night. Sunday, I was at practice. I made a phone call so, to the team president and was like, hey, I'm coming to practice. And that was it.
0: So so about what year was that? So that was like 2008 by that 2007, point? 2007. 2007. Yeah, this whole thing yeah. happened July 2007. Oh, man. Yo, that's
1: dope. No, it's so funny because
0: a lot of uh, my my journey into it had been very, very similar in, in that. Um, except for, obviously, one, it was two years after. But it was I started off in football, as most of us do, and had wanted to play at USF. I tried to try uh, try out, didn't do that. Thought about going um, to arena football. Uh, didn't end up working out for that one either. So by the time I'd come around to football, uh, to rugby, I had it at like USF for, there was they had it at USF South Florida. And the coach let us do a practice, but at the mo- time, it just, it wasn't clicking the same thing for me. Uh, and just held it in the back. Like I had, uh, I think, uh, what do you call it? Uh, one of my dorm mates had told me about it. So then when I graduated come 09, like it's one of those things where it's like the seeds were planted, but, you know, it needed to to sprout and saw it on, on NBC. And I think I saw it was Rugby Sevens. And it was just like, oh, can juke? Oh, these guys aren't juking. If you just juke, like they'd be able to blast off. Like, why aren't they doing nothing? I was like, I can do this. Look yeah. it up. You find it on the city, and for me, it's Baton Rouge. So, like, Baton Rouge, I never feel like it has anything. But all of a sudden, oh, they have a rugby team. They got a club. Okay, cool. Never seen them. They probably aren't even existing. Happen to go out there and do it. But it's it's just really interesting where that that segment comes, especially whenever you've played football. I don't want to say maybe necessarily at a high level, but at an exciting enough level where you enjoyed it at that high school level and you did damage, Right.
1: I, I was, I mean, a foot, in a football sense, I was uh underutilized and underrespected. It's pretty tough being a late bloomer, right? Being an undersized late bloomer, not really that fast at the time, right? Everybody else getting their man strength and speed. And I was kind of late to the party with that. So by the time I was able to like physically run with everybody, I was able to compete with them when I was lesser of an athlete. Then I started growing to myself by my senior right. year. And now I'm one of the players that the team depends on. So I go from holding field goals and long snapping my junior year on kickoff, kick return, pump return, every special teams, but no offense, no defense, not a a second, right? No time at all. Just all special teams. Yeah. My senior year being the guy that led the team in all turnover categories and we had the best defense in the area, right? So that was one of those things where it's like, you know, I, I bite. I bite bigger than people give me respect for people actually, you know, give me love for, I, you know, when I go back home, people remember I could play, but it was one of those things where like, unless you really seen the development, it wasn't, it wasn't something people took, to the, uh, took respect to or gasp at. So now that I'm doing this rugby thing, now people are like taking that bit and this, <laughs> and you know, what I've done in my adult life are like, all right, you know, me kind of thing, especially back home. But, it man, it was tough sledding as a football guy in, in in Toledo, especially because um at that time the game was so predicated on fast speed, speed, speed. That was foot when football was taking its turn towards the spread offenses. Right. So it was all about speed, 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 speed. I'm a hundred and you know, forty-five pounds trying to play safety, right? My junior year, like nobody cares. Nobody like you're not getting in kind of thing. And I gained about you know, I got to like 160, you know, 165-ish, my senior year. And uh they didn't really have a choice. Like my high school team didn't have a choice but to play me. You know what I'm saying? Everybody, it was like people getting hurt, all this other stuff that was happening. And then once I got in the game, it was like, Oh, okay, all right. Then I'm you know, at that point I'm leading, you know, I'm calling the cadence for the defense, making adjustments, I'm doing all this other stuff by the time the you know my senior year ended, like it was one of those things, like, I really had to, like, grab and grind and grow to play football. So by the time I got into rugby, I kind of took that underdog spirit. Yeah, I man, it just took me a ways, man. Took me, so, took me far.
0: You spoke on something, and I'm just bring it back. You spoke on the fact that you had gone out to Chicago to give football an all a try. Um, From where you are with your family, uh, are you guys a family of athletes or – is it was it just like you or what what was the the base
1: well no it was I uh, i didn't go to 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 try football i just went to get out of toledo ohio for you know 3 4 days so i went with a family friend to her hometown just to hang out you know what i mean it was just one of those things like yeah i come with you i watch your son hang out you know shout out to donovan He's grown now that's crazy right <laughs> it's crazy right time goes up, fast. Bro, time moves, that time fast it moves dog but as far as athletes um i'm the youngest of three i have an older brother older sister uh my sister wasn't really much of an athlete my brother was a basketball player he ended up spending time playing at, like morgan state when he was in college and uh actually got out the military so i i've always been coached by him so like i didn't necessarily have you know like you know my father was you know some football guy in, in my hometown like you know running back at his high school kind of thing. Like, he was the man in his, you know, his time a little bit. And uh, between there, it wasn't really much. Like, as far as my extended family, I'm the most – I'm the athlete of the family, like, literally in in that real sense. My brother just was my coach from the very beginning. From the – I remember my brother teaching me how to catch when I was, like, six. Yo. he He got five years on me. So, teaching me how to catch when I was six. To teach me to run routes afterwards, to teach me how to tackle when I was in high school. To like my brother is my first coach. So uh mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily have um athletes in the family, but I had I had the best coach I probably could ever have.
0: Man, it sounds like you had a lot of support, which is freaking beautiful. Yeah, that's right. absolutely beautiful.
1: Still to this day, my brother is one of my biggest fans. So I love my brother. Oh man, yeah. I love that.
0: So so whenever you were in Chicago, you said, you know, what what was that experience going into it like, especially trying to get out? Because we all have our first moments of, like, s- separating out from the house. Like, especially Toledo to Chicago is
1: what, five hours? No, nah, like, like, like three and some change. Three and some change? Yeah, well, that was, it was just for, that was, listen, that was only for a short time, like a week. Okay. Like, I only went to hang out, right? I didn't leave the house. I didn't leave Ohio for the first time until I went to Davenport University, which was in like 2010. That's when I left. I graduated high school in 06, was still in the hometown, hanging out, playing rugby, adjusting, learning the game, and some crazy stuff happened that got me a chance to get a scholarship, and that was pretty much how this whole thing really kicked off.
0: Where was that first moment whenever you were playing with uh, the club team in Toledo where you were just like, bro, I rugby is rugby clicked for you like rugby this is it for me
1: it, it's two moments right so first shout out to the toledo celtics right i got a lot of love for toledo celtics they're my guys right the first moment happened in a a tackling we had a uh we played like um like tens on tens mm-hmm. in, in like a little confined space and i got i got tackled brought to the ground. And when I was going down, somebody like kicked me in the shin. Right. And at this point that was like the most pain I had ever felt playing sports ever. God, like God. I would, I, I was, it was for a second. I'm like, man, I might've broke my leg. Like it was like, <laughs> it like a pain, just shot up my whole body. Like it was crazy. Is that one
0: that has that like ripple effect kind of pain oh my, where oh like, Oh
1: my God, it was excruciating. <laughs> right. And this is just a practice. And I just basically just got kicked. So I'm kind of on the ground, like rubbing my leg, looking like Peter Griffin, like, <sighs> <laughs> right where my leg I'm like man something wrong right and and I'm I'm like debating with myself like is this rugby like I played football you know what I mean as a kid street football I never I've never felt a shin a shin contact like this right so I'm debating <laughs> with myself like is this rugby this is crazy I get up and I you know I will you know drag myself through the rest of tackling or whatever and when it was all said and done and it was over you know what I'm saying, on my way home, the pain subsided, and yeah. I was like, you know and in my mind, at least you know and maybe this is a twisted way to look at it, but in my mind, I was like, I took the worst rugby can give me, like I took the worst of all you know, and maybe maybe you know I'm a sicko for that, but that was a moment I was like, all right they they it already gave me a bad little bit of whatever, and I'm still here, and then the second one was my first game, yeah, my first game we we go to um It's a preseason tournament. They play 10s in Ohio. And um, (laughs) we end up, uh, I end up sitting the bench, like, first half of the first game. It's my first time playing. I barely know the rules, right? It's one of those things where it's like, you know, if somebody gets penalized and the ref holds his arm up, I don't know to get back 10 or to go quick or nothing. I just look (laughs) at my team and, like, what y'all doing? Are we backing up? Are we backing up? It was kind of one of those things. So they put me in, and um, they put me at the wing. And in 10s, the wing got to do a lot of, like, protecting the back a lot of sweeping right and, uh, they kick the ball and you know in football if they kick the ball you can return it and i know that's right. true now so i like sprint back <laughs> i beat everybody to the ball right <laughs> and i like pick it up and then from there i just went to go mode first time i touched the ball i go 80 meters and score
2: god so, like, dog,
1: break the line do a move on like two dudes and, I, and I'm running I'm running from the middle of the field, and I'm going to the sideline. Football, right? I'm veering to the yep, sideline, making sure I know everybody who – Hit the
0: hash marks. Middle,
1: middle. They all screaming, <laughs> go to the middle. Go to the middle. Right? They all yelling. And it was just like – it was one of those moments where it was like, all right, my first time ever touching the ball in a rugby game. Nobody passed me the ball. The right. ball was given to our team, and I took it the whole way. I can do this. Now, mind you, that gave me a really bad, that set a really bad precedence that every time I press the ball, <laughs> I can score. Right. But at least from the moment I picked the ball up the very first time I knew like, okay, I fit right in. I'm good. Word. Here. And you know, since then the development really once I really started developing and by the time I had ended up uh, going to Davenport, which was in 2010, I had such a love for the game. I had such a uh, appreciation for it, and that was just on the sense of picking up a ball and playing. I've yet to learn like the real strategies, the reason teams do certain things. You know, right. at that point, it was just watching highlights and just run every time I get the ball, I'm trying to score. That was pretty much it. And, and you know, I even like when I think <laughs> when I think about like who I was as a player then and now, like it's embarrassing. Like if I watch film <laughs> of me back then, I'd be embarrassed, but. One thing I can always like, you know, take solace in or like really be cool with is that like I was really having fun when I played for Toledo. Like I was right. really having fun. I was acting with responsibilities and was getting them. I was, you know, we were making play, they were designing plays and putting things in motion for me. And, you know, they like made it so like I can be involved. And then they did something that is the reason why I, I kind of want to make great American rugby bigger is they made it easy for me to play. As some kid fresh out of high school you know what i mean they right. you know they took care of my sip the first year uh transportation that we had to go to places throughout ohio and um throughout the midwest they took care of it they took care of me like toledo took care of me and nice. uh and for that I, you know i'm always feeling indebted
0: no i i think that's so that's so important you know one of those things whenever we were we're in that early stages is whenever you you need something that actually, like, grasps you. I've always said, like, the the easiest part has always been what happens on the pitch. Like, you know, whether you get your big hit, whether you get your, your, your catch, whether you get your score. I think regardless of whatever sport you start from, uh, rugby, that one, it was always the easy attachment. What happens off the field is whenever I think it sinks into your heart uh, as just a, a part of your – your maybe identity might be the wrong word, but it becomes personified in a sense for you, because like I know for me, I knew I wanted to play competitively after practicing with the guys and then playing my first game, but that was a competitive side, you know, go for any sport. Yeah. But I know I started like actually loving rugby and rugby culture after I went to uh, the social pitch attempt in uh georgia where (laughs) where i was like yo wait i can be in college without being in college again and this like combine all the rugby people from around the area then add to that the travel of being able to take me to places where honestly had i not played rugby i never would have gone to them like just i never would have had a reason to go to any of these places so it added that little component to it um and 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 those combined to be like a complete rugby appreciation as opposed to these little uh, superficial elements that hold you. But, you know, it's the same reason why people play flag football for ever in a day. You know, I got to be competitive, but
1: (laughs) I (laughs) understand that. that. That, So as far as like when I first started, the socials weren't necessarily like cool, like great places to be at. Right. Because then, you know, my teammates see me three times a week for Three months, they know me pretty well. You know, Lance enjoy life. He's excitable, happy, go lucky. But you get an old boy that see a random black guy and, you know, I'm a I'm a black spot in a speck of white. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you get these old boys that might act goofy. So some of the some of the more social events when I first started weren't necessarily the greatest. Or out, mm. you know, not not on some stuff where I'm like, you know, back in, you know, back in time, they, you know, it wasn't nothing crazy like that. It was just like you, you can see where you are of it. You can see where you're other, but
0: that vibe wasn't the vibe wasn't connecting. The vibe wasn't vibing fully,
1: fully on. Right. For for a few of them. Right. Um, I think a lot of it changed when I started bringing friends to the team. A lot of it changed as the team kind of, you know, like uh, the old boy after year two can't treat me like some new guy. Right. After the first year can't treat me like a new guy. Right. And at this point, I know who to avoid, who to talk to who, you know what I'm saying, da 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 da, who, you know, this kind of thing. So uh, the social element of it got really cool for, like, away tournaments, got really cool for the off-season stuff. But in the beginning, it was just – that was the culture shock. That was the figuring out that rugby is just a tad bit different than other sports. And, you know, you you live and you learn. I definitely learned uh, how to navigate in a certain sense, you know, but I don't necessarily come from – I, I want to make sure I say this right. I don't come from white crowds. Like I don't, right. I grew up in the inner city of a of a town that's, you know, 80% black inner city. My elementary, junior high, high school were 75 plus percent black people. My high school was like 99.8% black, right? Weird. So I'm dealing in a situation where, you know, I'm being land- This is new I, all the way. Yeah, all, it's like a lot of it is just completely brand new, right? It. it it definitely is a, a wake-up call when you get to learn different cultures, different people, where they come from. And to be honest, that is actually the beauty of rugby. You know what I mean? And one thing you hit on is going to these different places that you never would go. The first tournament that, we, that I went to was in a place called uh, Basiris. I haven't been there since, right? If I ain't going <laughs> to that tournament, I'm not going to no Besires, right? Or just, just these random towns in Ohio. I don't have yeah. a reason to go to Dayton, Finley. I don't have a reason to go to certain parts of Cleveland, but you know, some of my best memories are in Detroit Those you know, areas. in these places that I wouldn't, you know what I mean? So that's another thing about rugby too, is that you somebody like, Yeah, I'm from they'd be like, Yeah, I'm from Flint. And you'd be like, Yeah, I remember I played them and got a hat trick. Yeah, Flint. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, no. yeah.
0: No, that's facts. Like I, I know. Look, I, I always say, like, again, I use uh, pitcher tent as an example. There's no way in God's green earth that number one, I would ever be in Lafayette, Georgia. Number two, that I would even have heard about Lafayette, like, Georgia. From Louisiana, where I'm used to Lafayette,
1: <laughs> I'm getting Lafayette, La like. Fy- yeah. <laughs> It, it, yeah, rugby. Rugby is rugby, man. It's so it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Exactly. It has its flaws, but it's beautiful.
0: No nah, facts, facts. So okay, so you know, obviously continuing. You you had these three years that you're with Toledo. You're learning. You've gotten your 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 looks, and I'm assuming you're starting to create tape. Uh, and and this this school in Michigan, out of nowhere, starts like looking at you. Like, yeah. how did you get connected with Davenport, which is another school that without rugby never would have known existed?
1: Dude, I mean, <laughs> all right, so that, that's another thing, right? So at this point, um after my first year, I taught one of my high school teammates that I wrestled with and played football with to join a uh, rugby team. And um, to us, like at this time in our lives, we were like these super ultra competitive dudes that were just looking for a reason to compete, right? It was at one point in time like we were friday was like intramural foot, intramural basketball at the community mm-hmm. college we was going to and then saturday was a rugby day and we go play rugby and then sunday we would go play flag football and we would do nope. this every weekend in combination with playing basketball throughout the week right and um Man, me and homeboy. I'm gonna say his name in a bit, but me and homeboys are like we just competing, man. It's my dog. We 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 yeah. figuring it out. We going at it, whatever. And if, and as we spend more time playing rugby, like we like, I already had a, a love and appreciation for it. And he loved to dominate, and he was dominating the rugby. So it's like I'm gonna play rugby, right? You doing it, yeah? Right. We gonna do this, right? You know, what I mean, we going to practices. We actually locking into it, right? Um, We end up playing against a team. Uh, Grand Rapids. During the course of me playing for Toledo, Grand Rapids is in our division and uh, we end up having a really good game. I end up having a really good game against Grand Rapids. Uh, the, my homeboy was having good games in general, right? He wasn't scoring right. a bunch, but he was having good games, right?
0: He he so, was making the impact and changing the way that people had to, to deal with defend had, and play. They
1: had to deal with him, right? They had to deal with him. So, <laughs> um, eventually what happened was um, the head coach or the coach of uh, Toledo was like, look, there's a school in Grand Rapids, Michigan. They just finished their first year, and I know the head coach. They're doing this giant recruitment boom. They're trying to bring in, like, 40, 40 student athletes. Um, there's a possibility for you to get a scholarship, and if that's something you want to do, like, like let me know. And from the moment he said it, I'm like, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> like, like, bet. bet. Bet right now, <laughs> right? Because I was already working to get back into school. Uh, yeah. I was I was – if you know anything about Ohio – uh, geography, uh, Northwest, (laughs) Northwest Ohio is Toledo and about 30 minutes South is Bowling Green, right? Me and my, and my clan, my crew will always go to Bowling Green. That was like our little, uh, getaway. We wouldn't party in Toledo. Toledo had his own like party scene that we didn't really fit in with, right? We all.
0: Wait, I was about to say, isn't university of Toledo or Toledo university existing right there?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I grew up, like you know, less than a ten minute drive from to Toledo University, right? It's not even yeah. not even that, like six minutes, right? Four with no traffic. It's like right, it ain't, it ain't even that far away, right? And um, <clears throat> we didn't really mix in, you know. One thing about Toledo, and I don't know if you you know, one thing about Toledo in general, the Toledo University didn't necessarily recruit players inside of Toledo. So Toledo, yeah, it, it's one of those things where they they like we've learned from recruit people from inside of the city. They too mixed in with a life beforehand. It interferes with what we want from college, you know, our student athletes, right? It was Definitely back then, it was more about controlling student student athletes in general. So they didn't mm-hmm. necessarily recruit inside the city. So it wasn't like we had a homeboy that was playing on the football team, or we had a reason to really be around the college environment in Toledo. Right. Let's just go ahead and go 20 minutes south. Nobody, like it ain't nobody knows us because we have more people that went to BG out of high school than, than not. So we're going to see our our homeboy, you know, the DN and, you know, I played winning football my senior year, go to BG or, you know, classmates, right? So we kicking it in, in BG and I'm like, all right, well, BG got a rugby team, Toledo can't beat them. They beating us all the time. <laughs> I'm like, I'm gonna try to play for BG. Try to talk to the coach, he don't want nothing to do with it. Right? Mm-hmm. My homeboy tried to talk to the coach, he don't want nothing to do with it. So we was already kind of trying to get back into school and trying to, you know, do the college thing. And it got yeah. to a point where it's like there's really no opportunities. And immediately once they told us about this, we absolutely jumped on it, 110%. I had absolutely. all my transcripts, all the blah 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 blah. Did everything, got it all out the way. He did too. We driving, we drive down to visit. We see the school, we liked it. On the way home, me and him talking about it, and I was like, bro, like, like you gotta come. You know what I'm saying? He's kind of in and out about it, right? He like whatever. You know trying to figure it out, I'm like, bro, you gotta come. Like, I can't go here alone, and I'm definitely going. Like, you gotta come with me, bro. Like, it's us. Like, we, we, we a duo, bro. Let's go. You know I mean? <laughs> we gotta do this. Gotta do this. You know and to be honest, it really didn't take much convincing to him. He just needed to know what his options was Now, this right. person, this person I keep referring to, his name is D'Amica's Beach. Right? D'Amicus I'm sorry, Beach. what was it? D'Amica's Beach. Okay. Demigus ended up being a USA Eagle. So this is how yeah. the story started with
0: God dog. You
1: know what I'm saying? With him and him and rugby, me and rugby, us and rugby, the path right. I talk, I talked to him, get him to play. We end up going to Davenport. And once we got to Davenport, man, everything just started falling in line. Everything just started falling in line.
0: So what was it? Because okay, you're talking about in 2010. We're talking about the early stages. Like, I feel like Even Lyndon Wood's program hadn't even really started at that point. It didn't exist yet. Right. So you're talking about a Davenport team that I think possibly at that time, I think the closest probable scholarship school was Palmer in Iowa. Maybe Palmer Chiropractic School in like Iowa.
1: It was like Palmer Life Cal. Exactly. It it. It was 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 less than five.
0: You were literally on the earliest stage of having this, this scholarship Arguably uh, opportunity for rugby. Yeah. What was that? That kind of jump being into the preeminent because obviously now we see Davenport they've done, they whenever the mid South existed, they were doing their thing within it very well, strong rivalries between now Lindenwood and life and all of them. But you're talking about the beginning stage. What was that? I said use rivalry very Yeah, close. I was about to say though
1: that was not no rivalry. That's my dog. Don't get it twisted. That for my people, but you got to win some games for it to be a rivalry. Right. I, I think you only get oh, a I, rivalry. oh,
0: I watched a couple of those games. Yeah, I, I, I kind of yeah. You
1: only live one time in like 9 years or something That's <laughs> a rivalry. That's, that's that's us trying. We was trying hard. We were we were attempting. But it so this is the thing about scholarships, right? And this is the the you know the dark side of it. Yeah. It's not covering a lot. Right. It's not covering much of anything, right? At that time, I end up uh I end up getting a scholarship that probably covered like for the year, for the year, maybe 10% total. Oh wow, 15% total, right? Um it helped, but it ain't like it ain't moved a needle into that effect. At that point, I came in with an academic scholarship. because I like tested out so well? I ended up no. being a mascot at Davenport. Like I was doing whatever I can to like oh, cut corners and make it work, girl. But it wasn't it wasn't a scholarship in the sense that we think like college football, like tuition books, room and board done. It was more like all right, so I gotta, <laughs> yeah, I got I gotta play for classes, but my room and board for the year is taken care of. I ain't gotta mm. worry about where I'm gonna live, right? my loans can be for this and not that kind of thing. Like, you know, you're not paying for your living arrangements or you ain't paying for your living living arrangements and books, but you know, it is what it is. It it wasn't too crazy, but it still was on a cutting edge floor. You were like right at the beginning. I was right at the beginning of it, right? So the thing about it is when you're going into a place where you're on scholarship, Scholarship. (laughs) you fall under a set of rules and operations even though you're not really taken care of as somebody on scholarship so it was it was there were good times and there were bad times (laughs) there were you know like for example like the first week we was there and this is like funny this like show you like you know always listen to your parents so i'm we drive down to davenport and we there a week before school start. so there's a whole week we there where all we got is our crib like all we got is the place we sleep Ain't no food. The 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 mess hall ain't open. None of the buildings really open like that. Like it's just wake up, go to practice. They feed you. You go back home at night. It ain't nothing. So like from like five thirty, you know what I'm saying, till we wake up again. Like we on our own, bro. Me me and this dude, Mekas, man, went through some of the toughest. My mom, <laughs> my mom, sent us down with like a, a ten pack of like Angus burgers god
0: right. yo they must have been greasy as a mug though yo,
1: listen listen i ain't tasted burgers that good since bro let me tell you bro these things i don't even know if they really was delicious but we when i say these things came in a clutch like it was so many of these little moments where it's like you'd be in the middle of it like man shoot, like is this right like gonna be like this like you know you just kind of debating like we're going to practice And mind you, this is a new environment, right? Right. I've never At this point, I've never been into anything high performance in a general sense, right? I've been to a football camp or two, you know what I mean? But in this case, it's like we two-a-days, we running, we hitting, you know what I'm saying? And you're new to an environment with a team that, you know, are ultra successful. They had a year before I got there. And the year before I got there was them beating up on all the D2, D3 teams in the area and then going to play – like better teams, better schools, and losing to them. They lost to Bowling Green, they lost to Miami of Ohio, and but they're beating up on these like small schools that don't mean anything. And that was like one of the reasons why they made this big push. It was like, in order for us to get over the top, we got to start bringing in players, right? I, like, you know, what I mean, and me and D'Amico's is in this dorm room, like starving at times, like, bro, it's six hours until it's nine o'clock. We ain't got nothing to do, we ain't got no bread. I had a car, but it don't like where I'm gonna drive. Like I don't know. Right. We ain't Grand Rapids. I ain't never been there. Like I don't know <laughs> nothing about this place. And we just like figuring it out. But once the season started, and once we really got settled in, it was like, okay, we 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 can make some. We can we can get this popping. We we can make it. We can make it shake if we wanted to. And then and from then on, man, it was it was on, man. That Davenport team was was something different.
0: Yo, what was that jump then? Because look. Obviously, going from Toledo, you're doing two days a week, probably Tuesday, Thursdays, uh, practicing for three years. Saturday, you guys play, yada, yada. And, of course, you already had your competitive edge. But that jump to now a focused sport, you're doing daily workouts. Uh, you're having to do actual full drills. I know you and Migas were incredibly competitive, already playing Buku sports uh, throughout the weekend. But like what was that realization uh in terms of like your personal growth? What was that realization on how you adjusted? I
1: didn't adjust well to be honest. I didn't adjust well. Uh a part of me was a part of me was like, um I love I love the fact that it was like I had something to do, I had tasks to do, I had places to be, things to do, people to see, you know what I'm saying, to get it popping. But I didn't adjust to it well because in a sense, it felt like it was too much. Mm. It felt like it was too much. Now I'm gonna grind through it. I'm gonna make it work. We're gonna get through right. it. But I realized, especially when the first season was over, I did like when the summer happened, I you know, I you know, the, the smart thing is to go play sevens. You know, what I mean I had an opportunity to go play sevens at a couple teams. I was like, man, I'm going home. Like I had I had, had enough of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday walkthrough. We on a bus. Yeah. Back Saturday, I can chill Sunday. Back to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know. Even in the off-season, it was just a lot. It was just a lot. And because yeah. I was so, it was my first time leaving a crib, I was so homesick. Man, yeah. man, I was back, like, every weekend. Like, for the first, I think for the first, like, five months, from, like, August to, like, January, I probably went back home, like, eight or nine times. Like, yeah. it's only a two-and-a-half-hour drive one way, so, you know what it's I'm not mean? a we big deal. Yeah, we ain't got a game Friday. By 9.30 p.m., I'm back in Toledo, Ohio that got Friday. It. And Don. then at 10.30 at night on Sunday, we're driving back. And it, it, that's that's the part that really made it hard to adjust because, you know what I mean, I've never been homesick before. So dealing with that. This is, this is one of the things that's really important about great American rugby. Like these people are leaving their families, leaving their homes, leaving the lives that they had established. Now that life was, you know, granted to you, given to you, because your parents handle business. But, you know, to to wake up one day and you don't have that support system and arms reach like you used to, and having to focus on rugby and grind through mm-hmm. it, like I got so much respect for people who do that because yeah. I've had to do it. So yeah. once I got once I got through with the homesickness, you know, what I mean, that's when it, it you know, what I mean, by I I guess by the by the spring of my first year at Davenport. I was playing the best rugby I had played in my life up until that point. Nice. And the jump between uh, playing in club where it's every so often and doing it every day clearly made me better, but it was also a jump in competition. So, I, yeah. you know, competition is more fierce too. So I had a real early, like, humbling moment because, you know, I, like I said, I played against Bowling Green a few times, but our mm-hmm. first league match was against Bowling Green. And we came out the gates and we was cool. We was we was rocking with them. And then they took the game away, pretty yeah. much in the last like forty minutes, thirty minutes, a little bit into the second half. They just took the game away. And yeah. it was it was a real moment. Like like you gonna are we gonna do this? Because I miss, I ended up missing a tackle. I end up, somebody made, else made a mistake, but I missed a tackle I should have made. So nobody really overly blamed me for missing the tackle because the earlier mistake made it happen. But that missed tackle like echoed in my mind for like the entire year, and it yeah. was something that it was just a, it was just a simple missed tackle. Dude, winning the score, the game was already in hand. It wouldn't have changed the results either way. I wasn't saving nothing. But
0: it's the lack fight. of execution in it, your mind it, that you're like. It it
1: was the, it was the like, I'm bet you like you better than you got to be better yeah. than this. Like you like you you hear you know what I'm saying? And this happened in Bowling Green, so my family can come. So my family drove yeah. the 20 minutes to see me. And I'm missing tackles. Like, all right, so why did I leave them? Mind you, this is only like the second week. I've only been gone from my hometown for like a month and a half <laughs> at this point. Second week <laughs> of the season, second game of the season. But that really just kind of like set a fire. And yeah. uh, after that, man, I was like, I was, I was pretty much locked in. It took me actually playing bad. And every, And every time I would play bad, like anytime something would happen where I wouldn't play up to how I feel I should play, the next week I was better. Yeah. And if I make if I didn't make a play, I was better. And it, it got to the point where it was rare that I wasn't making the play I was supposed to and then, you know, you become a person your guys depend on and that's like the biggest, you know, kudos you can get from your boys. So that's pretty much what it was. I wanted to be depended on by these dudes and that's pretty much what led me after that.
0: No, that makes a lot of sense. So, again, it goes back to like what you just said before. You, whenever it was just you and your boy and just playing, and you guys were competitive and you guys were playing all the time, all the time, that same fire now focused into, albeit a specific just sport, right. yeah. now is just like, okay, we're now at least inflamed. And I got to assume now having that much more focus, it may obviously, it made you be able to be like, I can improve much faster from that week to week basis.
1: Learning how to work is the biggest thing, right? Yeah. So imagine you know I'm in I'm in Ohio. If it's a if it's a Wednesday, we don't have no practice, but I want to get better at rugby. I wouldn't even know the beginning stages of what to do. I yeah. would simply just pick up a rugby ball and go running, learn to grub, maybe that kind of thing. I go to Davenport. Now we got drills that we can work on. I, I know the solo stuff to get better, right? I know how to improve my pass. I know how to improve my ball handling. I know how to improve my conditioning. So the stuff I needed to actually work on, I would work on. I would basically sit in my room for hours. I would sit, I would watch Geo Aplon highlights, South Africa highlights, and just pop a rugby ball for hours at a time. Yeah. Hours at a time. Like forearms, just absolutely torn to shreds, right? And these little things I was doing were making me better, but I had to learn how to do the work to make me better. And that's when that like, you know, you mix that with me wanting to get better with the little things I was doing to improve. And by the time the spring, like I said, man, by the time the spring came around when I was at Davenport, I was on a tear. It was to the point where it was just like, it was, it wasn't in question. You know, when I first got there, I'm competing for positions and I man. wasn't even, the, I wasn't the best winger when I first got there. You know what I mean? And I, and honestly, the, the player who was ahead of me got hurt. I think if he don't get hurt, I'm competing for my spot. You know what I mean? Well, not for my spot. Excuse me. I'm competing every day to prove that I'm the best winger on the team. You know right. what I'm saying? Buddy get hurt. Shout out to Norris. Norris get hurt, unfortunately. And um, and to be honest, that was one of those things that kind of cleared up a lot of stuff for the team as well, because it was always this, we got too many good players and not enough positions. You know what I mean? Right. right. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good problem to have. Uh- <laughs> that's a great problem to have, right? And then... One of your better players gets hurt, right? Now you got people who got to step to up, shift up, yeah, yeah, shift around, you know, make moves, make decisions, make it happen. And uh, you know, no offense to to Norris, but once he got hurt, we we literally became a better team. You know what I mean, we rallied, Tom Brady moment. Yeah, we rallying around the guy. You know what I'm saying? Now, mind you, I was I was starting in. You know, what I mean, I was a starter in, but it was always like, hey, you one mistake away. Hey, you want, you want, you want, you know what I mean? Like, you better be locked in this game, Yo. you, guys, you know what I mean? And uh, Buddy got hurt uh, against Notre Dame. I remember this, I remember this like it was yesterday, because it was the first yeah. time I ever see somebody break their leg. Like, actually see it. Oh, wow. And, uh, Wait,
0: so was it, like, actually, like, you saw the snap? Or was it, like, just, like, it? it's one of those where it's, like, you see them get hit, and then you see the
1: hang, no, 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 no. He was—he just got in. He was a substitute. It was like the 60th minute. He caught—he the ball gets to him and he takes a beeline right for a guy. Like he ain't trying to run left or right of him. He running right at him. The guy pumped up and tried to stop. And in the conditions, he slipped and his cleats came up and Norris just ran into it. His leg ran into Whoa. it. And you just see him fall over. And I, I seen—I seen his his leg do the just yes yeah. and, and it was like dude it, like I stopped I stopped I couldn't play no more like I couldn't play yeah like the, until until this is fixed I couldn't play so like the game kind of went on a little bit and yeah. just, I'm just next to him like bro like you, like like I got like relax breathe bro I got you I'm in the middle of the game and I helped carry him off the field like I wasn't I wasn't leaving homie side until it was like taken care of type stuff right like that was another thing because at no point did the real dangers of rugby come into play. Man, I'm playing this game like a kid. Like, I'm I'm crashing in between props. I'm doing like reckless in mind, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> that's the way you got to play. You can't think about right. it either. But like that was the first time I ever seen, like, oh, it can really get dangerous. And it got dangerous because he was intimidating. The guy was scared and slipped, and and, and that and happened. Then yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't because you know the uh our guy was was the one being soft necessarily right. cuz the other guy froze up and that like that was like a real wake up call i think from then that's when it became a lot more um
0: like know, per- like the 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 focus changed primal. from
1: it, it became yeah. a lot more like all right this this can affect your quality of life like yeah. button up like you know what i mean like you can have fun keep having fun but you know the consequences can get real i don't think he's played mm-hmm. rugby since
2: Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow.
1: So this 2011, spring of 2011, and I don't think he's played rugby since. And he was a phenomenal player, one of the best on our team.
0: So, so okay. So Shout out one thing you, you mentioned kind of in the past, and I wanted to ask this. Obviously, you talked about all the, the obstacles you dealt with those early, the early months. What was it that prevented you from being like, F it, I'm mean, going to go back? You're already going back to Toledo. You obviously you have your boy playing, but all this is going on. What was it that just or who was it that kept you being like, yo, I'm not, I'm not gonna jump out of this?
1: Like it wasn't like I was playing till I was done. There wasn't no other yeah. option. There was no that the idea of quitting or not being a part of it was not an option at any point in my mind when I was at Davenport, ever, not even a little bit. The only thing I was worried about was Mind you, this is 2010 when I go to Davenport. So I graduated in 2006. And this is when the eligibility rules that we live under now were actually solidified. Davenport right. University was part of the reason why me, the meekest, and a mm-hmm. few other guys are the reason why the eligibility rules for college rugby are what they are today. I'm not even right. like, I want to, I want to sound arrogant when I say it, like, I, you know what I'm saying? The Lance Cavanaugh rule, <laughs> but it really was to that level, right? Because it was this argument of like these BYU guys who were coming back from mission and being like 25 mm-hmm. and playing. And it was this whole right. thing, right? Um, only thing I was worried about at the time when I was at Davenport was if I had enough eligibility to play more than one year. Like I thought that I was just gonna play this one year and then we had to petition for more and I might not get it. And that was the main thing, the main, like main, main thing I was focused on was the ability or having the opportunity to actually play for more than one season. If I can do yeah. that, I was gonna be here as long as I could. And after the first year, we were granted a second year. And it was like from the beginning of the second year, that was like, this is it fam. Like once y'all done with this year, y'all out of there. So yeah. You know, that that became a thing, but it was never never a moment where I was like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna go back to Ohio. To what? Yeah. To what? What is it like? Like, no offense, I love my hometown. Like, shout out Toledo. But what was in Toledo for me? Like, I didn't fit in. I wasn't part of the in crowd. I didn't care to keep up with the Joneses. I wasn't trying to be the cool dude on the scene. I didn't care much about the women there. I didn't. Only thing that's there, and it still is. This fact lingers from the moment I left in 2010 till now. Is the thing that is in Ohio that makes me come back is family point blank, period. That's it. If my entire family upped and moved to another city, I probably would only go to Ohio for high school reunions or stuff like that. I would never go back to Toledo if I can, you know what I mean? Like it's family, family, family. So
0: makes perfect sense.
1: Yeah, like I, I, I had no, I had no, it was no going, nah, 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 nah not at all, mm. not at all.
0: Next year, you won a national championship. That year. That was that year. Okay, okay, that too. Bro, all that work you guys have been doing, all the, the hard work, you get to a national, and this is, I'm assuming this is the first national championship you've ever won. I'm talking about rugby, football, almost any only, form.
1: Only championship of consequence I won at that point. Like the yeah. rest of the championship – you know, like we, you know, I won some intramural basketball championships. You know what I'm saying? I might have won like an off season wrestling tournament or something. <laughs> but to that point, like that championship was like the one. And it and it's the thing. Like I said, we lost to BG, so we lost to yeah. BG first game, first league game of the year. And then we played them in the conference championships, and they beat us again by like I think they beat us by like 15. They scored at the very end when it didn't matter. But, yeah, so they was up like uh, they was up like eight points and then scored and made the conversion. And, like, the whole time BG was absolute a-holes through this whole thing. Like most teams, you competitive. When it's over, it's like it's all good. BG, at that point, were the number one team in the nation. You remember Rugby oh. Mag, right? Rugby Mag yep. had a rating. That was, like, the only one that was out. Yep. They were the number one team in the nation. And I remember. at that time, D1AA only had 15 conferences. Yeah. So every conference champion made it to the national champion and made it to the tournament. And it was an at-large bid. And because our conference was so stacked with Bowling Green, Miami of Ohio, us, Indiana, right. Because our, our conference was like so deep, it was like, yeah. all right, the number two team from that conference can just be the 16th seed. Like let's just make it simple. Two teams from that conference, nobody else. So we lose yeah. the conference championship but we get in by beating Indiana the day before. So, you know what I'm saying? We like oh, it's time. Like we looked at the we looked at the uh the bracket, you know, eventually how it all laid out and yeah. we went into the off season like knowing like all right, we're going to have to face BG again. And they already beat us twice.
0: You so remember they, them? It's yeah. like we never we're not forgetting. <laughs> it,
1: it it was not it like the whole time we was working during that off season in the back of everybody's mind it was mentioned a lot of times during that hey stop and around during these drills bowling green is out there like it was one of those things like if we practice it, we together everybody's locked in because yeah. we're going to have to play bowling green at some point they already beat us twice by more than 10 points we got to we got to close the gap and the only reason they was really beating us is because we all came together at the beginning of august and then mm-hmm. we had a game at the end of August. And then September, we planned in our, so it was like. Oh, oh. So
0: you guys were just fresh.
1: It was yeah, yeah. Fresh. We, we weren't working together or anything. We weren't, you know what I'm saying? So that whole spring, we already knew we were in the sixteen, right? Mm-hmm. Then the details come out, where we'll be playing at and all that stuff. And as we creep closer and closer and, you know, genius of our coach to schedule our off season the way he did, our offseason consisted of like these away games against teams that against teams that were strong, right? So we went mm-hmm. to Indiana to play them, right? We went to Wisconsin to play them. And Wisconsin was the best team in the Midwest. Uh, outside, it was like BG, Wisconsin were like one and two. And the yeah. Midwest was split. So they end up losing, Wisconsin ended up losing to Minnesota. So Minnesota is in a sweet 16 and Wisconsin got eliminated. But Wisconsin with a better team they just lost on the day essentially kind of one of those right. things, right so we playing like cincinnati away we do all these crazy road trips we had one home game in the spring so we know we in the, we know we going to the nationals but we only play one home game and we went to a bunch of away games we traveling all through the midwest We God, going crazy, right and by this point We were just getting better and better and better. The system was getting understood. It wasn't no shuffling around the players. We knew what our team was going to look like. And by the time we got to the Sweet 16, we were foaming at the mouth. Like, (laughs) like, all right, looking at the bracket, we like, if we play BG, it's going to be in the national championship game. Like, it was laid out like we know that when we get, when we, if we win all our games, the last game of the year, we're going to play Bowling Green. And we went into the playoffs ready to freaking go. We whooped up on Minnesota. That's what we played Bro. the first man. And some of the that's work. A- huh?
0: I-, I was gonna say that's whenever that petty vengeance is always there. That's a different level of power. That's a little different level of charge.
1: <laughs> ah, no, you know, like I-, I can get hype about it now. And that and that and that uh f- let's mention them twice. Nate was playing on that Minnesota team, right? So, like Osberger. She- yeah, future, future, the man himself yeah. was on that Minnesota team, right? And we end up like going, like it was terrible weather though, so it was like, like twenty five degrees, uh, freezing, yeah. sideways, rain, right? But we end up winning that game, like twenty six to zero. I had a hat trick, so it's my first playoff game. I get a hat trick. It's turned up. When I say I'm on a tear, get I say I was on a tear. I was, I was something different, right? Next game we played Kansas State. I don't score, but I'm like all up and down the highlights. Like nobody can stop me. If I'm not scoring the next phase after I carry the ball, we scoring. If I'm not scoring my pass lead to the hockey assist that score, like, like every, everything the team do, we just on. All right. So we beat Minnesota. We beat uh, Kansas state. Now we got to go to California. Right. And this is where yeah. rugby, this is a rugby over. It's my first time ever on the plane. First wow. time I ever got on a plane in my life, I was twenty three, and I was flying from Grand Rapids to Detroit for a layover to fly from Detroit to San Francisco.
2: Oh, okay, okay, that makes sense. Right, that makes
1: sense. So yeah, you know, I try to say my first flight was to San Francisco, but really it was a connection flight. That was like <laughs> literally as soon as we got to like cruise at altitude, we was already on our way down. <laughs> right that.
0: Um, Look, you needed a warm up. It was the warm up it flight. It was a warm up.
1: <laughs> I, I, I had to learn to take off. You know what I mean? How that worked. Like, so we go to California. I call it a Sunshine State in the Facebook post. I still get teased about that. Shout out, shout out to Davenport boys. Shout out to the boys. And uh we like we ready. We we are literally like BG is one game away. We gotta beat no. Harvard. We beat Harvard. we gonna beat the Met. Like we are like, I can't wait to see these. Mo- like I like I still hate BG. Like, and I'm a I'm grown, grown now. Like I still <laughs> hate BG, right? And this is the reason though we play against harvard we go off we beat them like we beat them like 50 something like 16. i end up scoring twice that game yeah uh and it was it was like one of those things like especially for me i'm still thinking about that missed tackle in the fall right so i'm like i am locked in ready to go and it's probably you know i probably i probably uh this is part of my youthful mind at the time but Bowling Green playing against like Santa Barbara, University yeah. of California, Santa Barbara, and we warming up. And they doing everything BG normally do. Force a penalty, get a kick right in the middle for the post. He said right. that kicker is missing. So against us, right. we give up a penalty. That's three. We do that right. two, three, four times. Now they up like nine a zip. That kind of stuff demoralizing. Like, bro, if y'all keep reaching into this ruck and keep giving these dudes points, like, but now he's missing and then we hearing the crowd go crazy try santa barbara like oh snaps try i we looking like <laughs> yo, who are who, who's this santa barbara team they they weren't in the plans when we was beating up <laughs> we didn't, we didn't we hard had them on the record <laughs> like, we was in the lab we wasn't thinking about santa barbara right and, and uh actually that's the team that uh kevin battles kevin
0: battles team huh yeah
1: that was the same year kevin yep. battle coaching right and um they end up beating up on Bowling Green. They beat Bowling Green by like the same amount of points that we lose to Bowling Green, right? God. So now now all of us are like in the hotel room, right? I remember, not in the hotel room, but we was in the meeting room. And I think it was like, wasn't enough chairs or wasn't chairs for everybody. So everybody's sitting on the floor around this meeting room and we just all looking at each other like, all right, all right now, all right, (laughs) like. We asked for we asked for Bowling Green, and we might get some, we got something worse. <laughs> we, we, just, we got something we ain't never seen before, yo. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey. And then that game, man. When I say like all the stars align, that was like one of the most like poetic uh, for me. You know what I mean? Like, as somebody who didn't win anything as a kid, didn't win really like many championships. I didn't play on teams that were like winning in the region or anything like that. Right. And now I'm sitting like on the doorstep of a national title to a sport that most people in my hometown don't know or care about,
2: right? And,
1: you know, and you know, me and my homeboy, like we just kind of like going through this journey, like, like how did we end up here? And, it, and it's a funny thing; it's something that we carried that title and how we like was feeling in that title we carried with us as we played in other places too. But it was just like, how did we end up here, right. man? That game when that game kicked off, when that game kicked off. I think I think that was like the, the most beautiful 80 minutes that we had played as a team. We got up early on them because we were better. And then they started to figure out how to stop what we was doing. And essentially what we was doing was we were scoring most of our tries on lineouts where the, the first hit up would be to Damikis. Now he's 6'4", 260 at this point, oh, right? This massive that. dude, but he's faster than, than most people. So right. you worried about whether or not he gonna run you over, and he'll just run to the space on the left or right of you and just fend you off. So he he getting down the field, setting up tries, setting up everything for us, right? And they they threw the kitchen sink at in the second half, right? So like if if this dude get the ball, they like.
0: They did yeah, a Lomo, like
1: just hit him just hit him they thought like Jonah Allaamo like they had to like prep themselves like if I break my neck tackling to him I'm gonna do it like these dudes and <laughs> the barber came out that second half roaring to go right but they took the lead at the end of the first yeah so imagine they not really playing their best rugby but then in the last eight minutes of the first half they scored back to back long distance tries right. right both tries were like seventy meters. So it's like, oh, okay. So they got the ability, to, and nobody really had the ability to score on us like that. So we're like, we get punched in the mouth, and now we down, and, and we kind of, and fun. we we go to the huddle, and we just like, are oh, we good? <laughs> like <laughs> it could it could be panic. It was no panic. It was just like, all right. So we're gonna keep giving them points, and we're gonna start playing. Man, that second half, man, our defense that was the best defense I'd probably been a part of. You know what I'm saying? That second half. We didn't give up another point the rest of the game and we end up putting up like two or three more tries. No. And uh the final whistle blow and uh <laughs> the yeah. final whistle blow and I uh oh, man, I can not if I watch it now like if I watch the last 5 minutes of that game now cuz I do not watch it enough that I know like with the people that's behind the camera talking and saying like people in the crowd you kind of hear them a little bit. <laughs> and like when I watch it now like it's the most like giggly like Thank God we made it kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm running on the field, like, yeah, the beacons who were subbed out come running from the sideline and come chase me and tackle me in midfield. You know what I'm saying? Like it, 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 it's something that I never uh I'm never gonna forget that. It's it, mm-hmm. it's it's the it's one of the bigger blessings I've had is being a part of a team that was successful because it solidified me as an athlete. Yeah. That first one solidified me as an athlete. Like nobody can ever say. I wasn't good at sports because at some point I did something that not many people would be able to accomplish. And uh, it it, it, it made rugby like a different kind of fun because, you know, now I'm successful. I know what success looks like. I know what a good team looks like. I know what it feels like to be a part of something that turned out to be special, man. And after that, man, that Davenport team was – that was it. The next year, it was, it was a walkthrough. Next year, it was a walkthrough. Next year, the next year, it was almost like when we first started the season, like, hey, man, we better than everybody. We just got to prove it. Okay. And we just <laughs> literally just beat up on everybody all the way through. Sheesh. Like, smooth through. And then, you know, and, I, man, I you know, so many good players on that team, right? It's like three Eagles from that team. Yeah. You know, five All-Americans total. God dog. I guess. I guess Wellmer's, I guess I don't know if Welmer's cat for sevens, but he was. A, he was a resident for the sevens team for a long time. Still. Uh, MLR players, pro rugby players, bro. Like, you know, do
0: you feel like that was like the central place where your rugby network truly developed out from?
1: <sighs> yes and no. Yes, yes, because I got to meet people Midwest, right. Yeah. A lot of the Midwestern people that I know now come from that, you know, come from that Davenport thing. But I think more of um, the New York, you know, when I f- spent time at Old Blue, that's when it really became like, oh, I I know more people than I thought I knew. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's when I really was like, OK, I know a lot of people, actually. Um, but yeah, <laughs> like, that like that story, the reason that, the reason it was important for me to say that first championship story is because that's where the love. Was solidified. It was already yeah. there. It was already concrete, but by the time that championship whistle blew, it the concrete had dried and it had turned to platinum. <laughs> it was like, it was like it, it was in great. Like, like yeah. you
0: know, you're this is you forever.
1: I know, I know where I'm supposed to be at. I yeah. know what I'm supposed to be at.
0: <laughs> so, let me jump this a little bit. I, I know we are we, taking time. <laughs> but uh let me know let me know if you you, you run out. But hey, I I mean I'm here to tell
1: you we can go through the whole thing. Let's go.
0: Let's go. go. All kidding. right, I'm bet. Kidding. So, okay, I kind of want to jump actually to New York. What were you in Florida you were in Florida after New York, correct? Yes. yes. Okay. Let's jump to New York. You going to skip life?
1: You going to skip life Universe? Okay. I right, mean, you good. had like a year. look. Look. I said <laughs> <laughs> this mother about to be three hours. Nah, let's no, let's go to New York. Hey, Skip, life. Look, Skip, life. Skip life. Skip life. Skip life.
0: Skip life. All right. Let's go. Hey, we can do for three hours. I ain't got... Oh, I, I Joe Rogan in the time limit. This as a <laughs> Dude,
1: Listen, I got time, bro.
0: Okay, bet. Bet. I got okay, time. I want to know, so what took you from now Toledo, Davenport, you dropped down to Atlanta for a little bit what takes you all the way up to uh, new york and in this before you even go to that yo the mindset of travel let me go on that the mindset of traveling to all these places i know we chicago was like a moment but i feel like for some reason that unlocked something for you and allowed the grand rapids to kick in and now atlanta and then and then florida what what was it that was in you where you were just like i need to go like I need to pick up and I need to go to another place.
1: Uh well up at, like up until that point, Chicago. So this is before I started playing rugby, up right. until me going to Chicago, I hadn't really spent much time outside of Toledo. Right. I would go my, mom, my mom's side of the family is from Baltimore. So I mm-hmm. spent time in Baltimore, Columbia, areas like that in Maryland. Um But outside of that, I wouldn't spend time anywhere. I might go to Detroit for like two hours or something. But Mm -hmm. I primarily for the first 23 years of my life spent pretty much all the time in Toledo. And um, that's why going to Chicago was such like, oh, yeah, like, uh, what do I need? I mean, I got like 50 bucks. I ain't got to pay for gas. Yeah, I'm good. Let's go. Let's go to Chicago. I go hang out. Even if I'm doing nothing, I was doing nothing at home Mm -hmm. at that point, right, looking for work or whatever. And I think <clears throat> once once I got to Grand Rapids, especially once I stopped playing rugby for Davenport, I spent another year in Grand Rapids and I mm-hmm. had to work and I had to, uh, you know, be self-reliant. I had to meet people. I had to navigate the world a little bit. I learned so much about myself, not being so attached to the family part, not being so attached to my home, or even having, you know, being at Davenport and playing for them, that's still a net where I can fall back on. You know what I'm saying? I can I know I got a dorm to stay at. I know where I'm gonna be Tuesday at 4 30. I know mm-hmm. where I'm going, you know. and then I had to be more I had to, you know, chart my own course. And once I did that in Grand Rapids, it, it basically became like I know I can live anywhere. Like I had the capacity to meet people, you mm-hmm. know, at, at worst, at absolute worst, I'll be able to find a job, I'll be able mm-hmm. to find a place to stay. At the time, I had Tori, which is my Red Ford Taurus. Shout out to Tori. Rest in peace. Let's go. Yeah, um, <laughs> so I was confident, like, anywhere that, I, anywhere that an opportunity popped up, I would go. Now, at this time, because, you know what I'm saying, the reason that I tell everybody the story of Damikas is because that's how all the other stuff came about. I got to Life University because Damikas went to Life and was like, oh, Lance, bro, you better than have to do dudes here. You need to come like oh, oh, really? ooh, I'm chilling dude you need, to, you need to come down here so I end up taking a road trip from Grand Rapids to Miami but on the way I stopped in uh Atlanta, Atlanta. at the coaches uh, seeing uh at lived. that time it
0: was Dan Payne that was head yes. coach there yes
1: yeah. director of rugby right set out with him you know D'Amico said a lot about you blah 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 I skipped um one of my coaches from Davenport actually vouched for me because you know in rugby, in order for you to do anything in advance, somebody has to vouch for you. Right. You know I mean, um, so somebody vouched for me and uh I went to Florida and I on my way back up. Um, so I'm you know, figure some stuff out, met with them on my way back, and then um I ended up setting up to come to life because sure.
0: But I was going to say, that means you had one year of eligibility remaining off of that seven-year eligibility term? No.
1: Okay. I was, I was completely done with college eligibility. So I only got two years at Davenport. Both right. years we won national championships. Second year was a walkthrough. The right. only competition we had was, like, Dartmouth. And that's when they had, like, Madison Hughes and Nate right. uh, Barkley and, like, all the, like Owen and all these dudes, right? Right. Um,
0: Gavin was a coach there doing uh, –
1: you yeah. know what I'm saying? So like they, so that's, you know, 20, 20, 2012. I spent the fall of 2012 and 2013 in Grand Rapids or the spring of 2013 in Grand Rapids. The Megas is basic. The Megas was saying in the fall, like, yo, come sleep on my couch. Just come up to life and just be yeah. up here. Come sleep on my couch. I'm like, dog, I got a job. Dah, 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 dah. I can't, you know what I'm saying? Do this, this, this. He's like, all right. So I end up going later. And when I got there, when I got to life, it was the same thing again as when I was in Grand Rapids. Right. I got all the stuff I need. If I live in the means and I'm supposed to and I handle business like I'm supposed to, I'll be able to be self-sufficient. And once right. I had that confidence, leaving the house wasn't so much. Cause one right. thing about me is like, I'm too prideful to be asking my peoples for stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. You know what
1: I'm saying? So I ain't want to ask my mom for no money. Like she got her own thing. I ain't about to ask my pop. My pop... You know, my props could spare it, yeah. But nah, nah fam, like I don't want it. So mm-hmm. once I realized, yeah, once i realized I can stand on my own too, that's when it was like, all right, let's make it happen. And uh I went down to life and was couch surfing for the first four months. You know, what I mean, it wasn't even solidified, it was like, bro, like you're gonna be here anyway, we'll get you a room at some point, but just make it work. That's how they was, you know what I'm saying? Tui was the head coach of the men's club. So I didn't play college no more. This is all men's club, right?
0: Right. Okay, okay. So it was the Life University men's uh D1, uh D2, D club side. D1, right? D1. D1. So they won,
1: they won D2 then. This went the, the men's team, the Life men's team was at like the height of his superpowers, right? So you
0: were also, you played with Phil Thiel during that time,
1: right? I'm going to give you a Phil Thiel story, right? <laughs> so... So we playing against, I think it's like the undergrads. We playing a scrimmage. And uh, this was like one of my early, early, super early moments. Like, yeah, I had probably, this is probably like a week into practicing with the men's team, right? My first like month or so there, I was practicing with the undergrad. Okay. And uh, because the men's team wasn't doing anything except for playing in like an elite group. You know, ETG is what they call it. They take all the best players in the program Regardless of level and they take the best, you know, 27, 28 and they all go train together and the rest of mm-hmm. the bums. <laughs> Me of them, I'm, I'm with them. Right. And uh, <clears throat> finally, the 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 season end or whatever. And I, I squeak my way into getting some playing time for the uh, for the ETG squad because I'm, I'm like my cheat code is I'm a really good practice player. Like that mm-hmm. is like my superpower, right? If you if you give me the same setup ten times in a row, you're by gonna kill. Time, I'm gonna figure it out, and then it's yeah. just a dub. Like now, I'm just gonna keep winning the drill. Like you can't not play me if I win every drill we do because of repetition, right? So, I listen to
0: that, people. Any future rugby players, remember that if you can win the practice, you're gonna
1: get in the game. There's a stronger. <laughs> you're gonna play. Like it, it's hard. It's hard to put a dude on the bench. That outperform people in practice. And that's pretty much what it was. Like, even if the coaches had an issue with anything with me, I and I always butt head with coaches. Like, you know, since it's really based, like as I psychoanalyze myself as an adult, it's because of high school, I kind of carried a lot of a lot of grief from high school, but I will always butt head with coaches. But because I was so thorough in a practice sense, it was hard, I was hard not to play. But anywho, I end up sneaking some time on the men's team, ETG squad. Nice. End up getting like a start. They pay me for like 30 minutes and then I play another game for like 25, 30 minutes or whatever. And I and I earn my respect, essentially. So we're we doing a scrimmage and we had this. Uh, we have a massive break. And I'm playing wing at this time in life. It was like, you're the winger. Shut up. Go go to the wing. Right. All right. Cool. I'm new here. Whatever. And that did. And they just won a championship. So they won a D1 club before I got there and lost in the elite cup. Essentially, mm-hmm. uh, you remember when the super rugby had the elite cup, and yep yep, and they lost to like uh Golden Gate, and uh, they end up beating uh, Old Puget Sound in the D1 club championship right after that, yeah. So I'm jumping in there, and they like, bro, fit in, fall in line, like you know, what I'm saying, you ain't got no pool, like, all right, cool. We had this massive breakdown aside during this scrimmage, and I get the ball, and I go absolutely He Man at this point, yeah. right. <laughs> I make a move on one dude, a, a, a baby goose, half-step tempo move on another dude, and then, like, it's me and one defender, and I grub it. I grub it, and it's, like, a 10-meter grub. I get past that dude, and right when I'm gathering it, like, just short of the try line it wasn't like I had to fall on and I had to, like, gather it and take it with me. And right. I, and I knocked it on, right? Oh. Like, everything I did before that was like, was, like, pure class. But I knocked the ball on, and I'm, like, getting up, like, like damn, you know what I'm saying? Kind of upsetting myself. And Phil was like, "Hold on, everybody, wait, 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 stop." He stopped everybody that was around. Him. It was like, <laughs> it was like, you know, like five life players, on, um, five of my teammates, and like one defender or whatever. And he was like, "Lance, look around, bro. Like you ain't like you ain't got to score every time, though. You know what I'm saying? You ain't got to score every time." Essentially, I was in the mode like yeah. when I played at Davenport and other places, especially like club and on my way up. Catch every him time run. I touch the ball, we're trying to score this hole. Right. Like I'm I'm trying to take this thing to the crib every time. And he basically was like, Last man, you ain't got to do that no more. Like you, ain't, you ain't, it don't even it don't even take all that. And like the way he did it was just so smooth. It wasn't even like embarrassing, it was just like a matter of fact, like, bro, here are the facts. It's five of us. If you get tackled, we ruck out and we score the next phase anyway. It's yeah. one defender. You did exactly like you did your job. You don't have to do the extra stuff. You don't have to do too, too much, right? And to be honest, it helped me fit in into what the life system was, but it literally that literal, that little bit, like hey, everybody stop. Lance pay attention. Like made me a completely better player. Cause I was no longer stressed with trying to score all the time. Now I still was, I'm still gonna try to get a bucket. But of now course. I'm not so pressed to where the ball dies with me. You know, what I mean, I don't have to do risky stuff anymore, right? Right. And so it kind of puts, it was, yeah,
0: it puts you into that position where it's like I can trust everybody's position on the field, and I don't have to be the king, the queen, and all the pieces on the board. That is a different. That is a different mindset to be able to, and to know that you can trust that everybody on the field is going to do their job.
1: I, I like that analogy. I love chess too, so that's a perfect analogy. But it's also because it's feel. So at yeah. this time, he is the we'll, we'll USA get. starting hooker. There's no we'll. debate. There's nobody else. <laughs> it's, we're going to a World Cup. If we beat these teams, that's the World Cup hooker. Like yep. man, you ain't gotta you ain't gotta take it all the way every time. And then from then on, man, it became like especially, especially that first year uh at life. That mm-hmm. first year at life, Tui is my coach. He used to always stress, he used to stress some of the, ah, man, I did not like him that much as a coach, man. I did not like him as a coach. That much. <laughs> like, I, I, we just did, we just, it, it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, no, it wasn't even that. It was, so I live, I live a very carefree existence, like how I approach things, right? I love life. Like, I'm not going to stress over stuff. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm stoic i'm stoic uh, at that time i was stoic without the calm silent part it was like i can fix anything that goes wrong but i'm still out here we getting it what's up i'm joyful yeah. enjoying life and uh you know for a new guy to come in and be carefree make a mistake and be like i'll fix it the next time that's a that's the thought process you need to have if you don't want to put too much pressure on yourself Right. But the others on the outside looking in, it seemed like you don't give a f- you know what fuck. I'm saying? Right, and I do. I hate making mistakes. I hate being the reason why we don't score if my mistake is it. But I wouldn't carry it with me. And you know, right. you're dealing with Tui, who had his own list of pressures dealing with. You know, like life ain't ain't the most uh, ain't the most um, easy. <laughs> I'm, easy is is a is a, is, a, is a word, but it's not the right word. It's not it's not necessarily a utopia. Especially at that mm. time, like everybody has something they didn't like about what was going on. Every play. Right. everybody had at least one thing. Even the guys that's like, "Hey, man, you 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 play for the USA." He still had some stuff that was happening at the time in life where he was like, "Yeah, this ain't sweet." So, two, mm-hmm. he had his own list of pressures and and sacrifices he had to make.
0: Right. And, you know,
1: one of them probably was the fact that I was so aloof about and so like whatever about cavalier about stuff like look, man, like I'm clear, like, and, and I, and it's another thing. Nobody likes it when I know I'm good. Right. And no coach likes it when I know I'm good. Now, the reason I know I'm good is cause I'm having success right. in practice in games. Like I'm, this is what I'm doing is working my, I, if I go to my imagination, it work out. I know I'm good. I'm the one, Fact. but you know I mean? People would take it as arrogance. You know what I'm saying? And I'll come to find out as I get older, that had led to do with me less to do with me and more to do with them the pressures of the
0: of the administration and how they perceive it
1: or whatever but that's what he was dealing with so it made like we used to butt heads all the time you know what I'm saying like we talked we had a conversation about it since like it's kind of funny (laughs) but when I was playing under Tui that was the best rugby I played probably in my life probably in my life because um well I, I was I was taught in such a way where it was like you only you only had to really tell me once you know what I'm right. saying? A lot of goofy things was happening. Like whenever I bust out a new skill or something, but for the most part, when with two of you know what I'm saying, and how they how they operated the offense, who was on that team at the time, like man, I was right. I was on a different level at that point. I mean, I'll
0: put the argument. Let's 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 put the argument that might be the most professional team that you have played for, um in in a structural sense, right? Yes. From, the, from what you've taken, and, and we'll go on to the other ones, but I kind of want to get a comparison. From what you took from Toledo, Davenport, to what you've taken with Old Blue, Roots, South Florida, uh, uh, Rhinos, all these people, what made Life University, in your opinion, stand out where they have been able to be such a consistent pinnacle of success? Obviously, players, I, I know. But everybody there's always a place that gets players. Right. What is it that life did that made it that makes it where they were so successful so consistently?
1: I never play with rhino. let's get that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, uh,
1: let me think. I think a lot of it has to do with if, if we can go simply, it's the standard. Simply put, if I can just one word, this you know two words, the standard and that's what I mean. If you can't do the simple stuff right, why the, are you out here? And that's mm-hmm. not necessarily the case with all the teams I played on. Right. Most of the teams I played on had people at least on some point or another that were at the beginning stage of rugby. Right. Right. At life, that nece- that really wasn't necessarily the case. It was some people that, w- that were in their beginning stages. But the ones that were at the be- beginning stages were uh, D1 athlete caliber. Right. Learning how to play rugby. And you know what I'm saying? Them the guys that are like just starting out rugby that happen to be around life at that time. So right. in order for you to even be there, you had to have a certain level of intelligence, and you had to be able to do the most basic stuff right. And they right. and the players held you to a standard. Not just the coaches, not just the players held you to a standard, and not just your club men's team players, but even the undergrad. If you wow. make mistakes that you shouldn't make you know about it if you if you um also there was a level of, of sacrifice that goes into any successful team right i have like a i have like sort of this like thought this this thought that i might turn into a dissertation if i become a doctor, doctor <laughs> which is like every championship team needs talent mm-hmm. either overwhelming either overwhelming or understood talent meaning they understand right. each other sacrificed <laughs> And that comes from the work you put in with that talent. So it's the people, it's the work that the people are willing to put in, and then it's right. the stuff you can't control, which I just quantify as luck. Right. And every life team had those. Like every life team had smart, strong, competent players, them the talent, and then the sacrifice, yep. every one of those players was willing to be four days a week, five days a week, weight room, uh put their body on the line no questions asked when it's practice time mm-hmm. watching film learning growing becoming better players and then luck so in the games when stuff is going wrong instead of that knock on bouncing off of a player's hands into to their guy who walks in there for a try mm-hmm. that guy knocks it on too and then we steal the scrum or instead of that overthrown line out falling right into the hands of their guy to where they set up the go in the score you know, something happened where we'd get the ball back. Or, you know what I mean? It, it was one of those things. Like the standard it worked out. It worked out. The standard at life was you have a job, you do your job. If you don't do your job, we're going to tell you you're not doing your job, mm-hmm. even if that means you're doing it in front of everybody. Right. Sheesh. So it's been players who, it, it was a player who, uh, who uh, we gave up a try at the end of a game that we already won. But that try gave the team we were playing like a, a less than seven point loss bonus point.
2: Oh and
1: in film they put they they put that play up and was like talking to the guy who made the mistake, like, what are you doing, bro? What are you doing? And it wasn't like what it wasn't like what are you doing? Like, we gotta be better than this, guys. It was like, it was like now I want y'all to look at this play, and then they played it. <laughs> That's soft. That's soft. Ain't no room here for that. You know what I'm saying? That that's some bull like all kind of like, you know what I'm saying? That dude was all kind of names or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And it was just like if even if, even I didn't make that mistake. I was yeah. on the other side of the field when that film happened. But it definitely told me, like, well, if that yeah, don't do that, done, I won't be the one making that mistake. You know what I'm saying? That, like, <laughs> it's one of those things. And then and then there's another thing. So that that's the that's the uh the talent and the sacrifice part. But then there's a mix because it's life life used to have this thing where every tuesday the men's team and the undergrad team would compete against each other right okay that god talking about iron sharpening oh my freaking god imagine imagine some undergrad kid 18 year old 19 year old right just trying to be live his rugby life (laughs) across from him in a in a scrimmage it's eagle eagle should be an eagle Used to be an eagle, right? Under 20 in Ireland, <laughs> should be an eagle, not quite good enough to be an eagle, but still too much to deal with. Then you go to the back line. The best eagle the USA has ever had. Yep, A dude that's impossible to tackle one-on-one. <laughs> and then you get on, and then and then on the far side, it's Lance. Like, you know what I mean? That's, that's me. And that's who that's who some undergrad kid gotta compete against, right? So you would get these situations where you're dealing with Some undergrad 20 year old who every week is going against the best team he's gonna go against. Yeah, for the men's team playing the undergrad, we're going against maybe top three team we're gonna compete against all year. We play against them every, you know what I'm saying? Every week in practice. Yeah, that is something that like ups the standard for everybody. And not to say that this is the case, this is just a theory. Relax. This is just a theory, (laughs) but ever since the men in undergrad stopped competing against each other or the players that came out of those groups competing against each other, life hasn't been the same since, at least the undergrad, right? I think
0: there's a fair, there's a fair argument for that. Because I do remember, especially in those times, because some of those life teams ended up coming to play LSU a bunch. Uh, and, of course, then uh, even the Lindenwood teams. And you'd go like, how do you keep finding these guys? How are they so crisp? everything but it would make sense like if you're going up against cam dolan every week in
1: practice like what what are you what what are you about to do what who's this college thing about to be and it's it's the crazy part right you say cam dolan at that time i think he was that was just when he was going to uh northstrom northampton or whatever where he uh when he went to europe but at that time he wasn't the scariest forward on on life's team. That's the wild. So so imagine Cam Dolan is on the other side. You might have to you gonna have to line up against Cam Dolan. But the dude next to him is actually bigger, faster, stronger than him, bruh. You know what I'm saying? Bruh. The dude, the dude next to him is <laughs> actually more to deal with than Cam. Now you know, Cam is a is a is a player he a yeah player don't that i'm not knocking it. that's ain't what i'm saying no it
0: speaks to the volume of the talent that yeah, you're dealing yeah. with over there
1: yeah yeah mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying but that 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 goes to show like and you know what i mean it doesn't hurt it doesn't hurt the players that were at the you know doesn't
0: it again iron sharpening iron like that's why you do that yeah. so for you then in, in that time period you were in, in atlanta for a year correct if i i looked at the thing correctly
1: uh, nah, playing with
0: life for about a year.
1: No, nah, I played I played with life uh like two and a half seasons, two and a half seasons, yeah. July 13, July 2013 to like November
0: 2015. So what ended up like in that time period, which you guys definitely won at least two national championships within that period,
1: just one they they stopped oh. playing for them because they were a foregone conclusion. If we if we was in the national tournament, we was gonna win it. So they was like, "Yeah, it's not, it's not worth the trip."
0: Okay, that's even a mindset, even in it, even in and it of itself. <laughs>
1: yeah, it, it, right, how about this? Here goes some. Here goes some deep secrets from the past. You all ready? Let's go. It was a time when the ARP first started. The ARP mm-hmm. now is beautiful, right? It it evolved into this beautiful thing. Got academy teams. At one point, it was the ARP. And then the Pacific had their own thing. You remember the PRP PRP or something like that. that? Well, it was agreed upon when the ARP was created that the winner of each would play against each other.
0: Right. right? I remember.
1: At the time, life on had won the ARP, and the winners of the other side, I'm not gonna say who. If you look at the years, you probably can figure it out. But they pretty much saw that they was gonna play life, it was like, No, we ain't got the team to compete with y'all, so we (laughs) didn't play. We didn't play that head up mixer that we were supposed to play so this is this is telling you how good this life team is like it was no. we i i, I this is this, this is another way i can say it we won one national title when i was there but my entire time playing for life university i only lost one game and that was to the usa team yeah nobody else Nobody else were really even close. And that
0: game was close, too. That wasn't even, like, a a strong – that was a close game, if I remember. I
1: think think we lost by 10, and we gave up a try with, like, eight minutes left. So I think it was, like, a four-point game. Yeah. And then we lost by, like, 11. It was something like that. It was something like that.
2: Yeah.
1: And that, that was a game game. And it was a bunch of World Cup players that were on that team that was, like, having to deal with us. And, it was man, that was so much fun. That was so much fun.
0: Man, so so in that time period, in that two and a half years, like how does that change your entire rugby? Because like like I said, Davenport before you said solidified you as it being in your identity. What does life put into you after this two and a half seasons? Check out part two of this episode.